T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, football in Las Vegas just kind of go together, right? And what better time to be in this city then when the NFL has invaded the Strip, of course, the NFL Draft kicking off tomorrow. And hi, by the way, this is Adrian Hernandez of the Playmakers. Fortunate enough uh, to head to the Strip earlier today and go into Caesars Palace and be poolside and get a chance to talk some football and to talk about this NFL Draft with one of the best in the business, Fox Sports' lead college football analyst, Joel Klatt, who will also be on set and joining NFL Network for their draft coverage. Like I said, was able to talk to him about the draft. We were poolside, so I apologize for some of the audio as we were not in studio, but still some really good insight on not only the draft, the Raiders, and some positions that the Raiders need, like cornerback. I hope you enjoy it. We'll see you in the draft. Peace. Last year, we had eight quarterbacks taken in the first three rounds, yep. right? It was quarterback heavy. Yep. Whereas this time, you know, we got tackles, we got wide receivers, we got cornerbacks. You know, for fans, where should their excitement level be? Because obviously, quarterbacks are the eye candy. Yeah, I think that the two strongest position groups are edge rusher and wide receiver in the draft. Um, there's some excellent edge rushers. And, and some of these guys have been pushed down the list to where they're going to be second and third round picks. And in any other year, they'd be top of the second round or maybe even pushing into that late in the first round. Um, let me just give you some example of, of names out there. David Ajabo, after his injury, you know, he's going to have great value. Arnold Ebicady from Penn State. Logan Hall from Houston. Uh, Boye Mafe from Minnesota. Kingsley. Um, uh, in Nagbari, I, I screw that name up all the time. South Carolina, Drake Jackson, USC, Nick Benito, Oklahoma, all really good players. Um, and so that's and that's just that's past all the top five guys. So edge rusher is really good. I think wide receiver is also really good. The best part about the wide receiver draft, at least in my estimation, is the eclectic nature of the style of play that you're going to get. You've got guys that are smooth. you got the speedsters in the slot. You've got big receivers like Drake London. So, you know, those two position groups are the ones that that I'm looking at. And uh, one thing I want to ask is how do you feel? And you just talked with some of the media for the Jets. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they got two picks. I believe one-third of the league has multiple picks. And how do you feel that's going to affect the draft? Because obviously – this offseason for the NFL has been crazy, one of the craziest offseasons. Do you feel like there's going to be a lot of transactions yes. and teams trying to take a chance? I think that there are going to be more trades Thursday night than than we anticipate, um, largely because not of all the teams that have multiple picks, but all the teams that do not have picks. 
And so they might see a hole on their roster. They might have the ammunition to say, like, hey, I want to go up there and, and potentially get into the first round. You've also got teams with the ammunition to then move back up. So, so for instance, Detroit, you know, they're going to have two, and then I think it's 32 and 34. They could take 32 and 34 and say, like, hey, we thought Desmond Ritter was going to be gone, or Malik Willis, or Kenny Pickett. Should we go up and get him at a value of the 16th pick, 17th pick, and take those and, and flip them back up? So I think you're going to see a lot of movement in large part due to the fact that so many teams have those multiple picks in the first round. One dude I want to talk to you about that I kind of feel like going into the season, and, and he still might be a top pick, he will be, uh, Kavan Thibodeau. Yeah. Kind of feels like the hype is kind of dwelled down to him where he might be a, a nice pickup for a team, but how do you feel like obviously – there's been a little bit of change and a little bit of hype um, with a couple of the different edge rushers. Kayvon's such a, I mean, it's so fascinating. Do you know that there has not been an interview in, in which I haven't been asked about Kayvon Thibodeau? And I think it's because coming into the season, everyone thought like, oh yeah, he's going to be the number one pick. And what happened is, is he gets hurt. He maybe doesn't put the production up like we maybe anticipated. He doesn't dominate like maybe Chase Young did or the Bosa brothers did or, you know, so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, Hutchinson has that type of a year. Um, all of a sudden, this Walker guy is like, wow, he hasn't really been a starter. And now this guy is dominating. Jermaine Johnson, he transfers. He ends up having a great year. And all of a sudden, you're, you're sitting there and you're like, any little wart, if you want to call it, on Kayvon, whether it's, you know, his confidence bordering on arrogance, whether it's his focus being on business interests, any little thing, and it's easy to pass him up because you've got other options. If there were no other edge rushers, he'd get selected number one overall because he's talented enough to get selected number one overall. He is a dominant force when he wants to be on the field, when he's healthy. Uh, so he's a fascinating case study, you know, in at least for me, that everything matters. It doesn't just matter what you do between the lines. It matters what you do outside of football as well. Um, I will say that the other guys, those other top four guys, had better meetings with teams than Kayvon did. So that matters. Like, that's going to be tangible. So for me, at this point, the biggest question I have as far as edge rushers is, is it going to be Kayvon that goes before Jermaine Johnson, or is it going to be Johnson that goes before Kayvon. And you bring up Kayvon and, and the team meetings and how important that is and those characteristics. Obviously with the Raiders, um, they brought in McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, mm -hmm. a new organization, and they started in January. Do you feel like they're at a disadvantage in terms of scouting and preparing for the draft is a year-round thing, and they're kind of starting behind the ball in that? Do you feel like it's a little bit of a disadvantage? Um, it's a good, that's a good question. I always just think – I never think about that from an NFL perspective. I always think about it from a college perspective, in yeah. which the answer is quite clearly and obviously, yes, it's a huge disadvantage. But I'm not sure about – I think that it matters more the style in which you want your uh, scouting department to run. There are teams that allow their scouting department to have a lot of say, and a lot of that is built up. And then there are teams where it's just like, hey, the GM and the coach basically end up making the decision anyways. Um I think where it ends up being a disadvantage is later in the draft. You can figure out the top end of the draft you know, pretty quickly, but later in the draft, do you have the depth within your organization and the trust within your organization for when a guy stands up in the sixth round or seventh round and says, we need to select this guy, 
I think that that's where it would be a disadvantage. And I, I do I want to ask you covering college and kind of knowing these players better than some of the NFL analysts because day in and day out you're covering and you're watching these players. When you see, and we talked about it to start the interview with teams making transactions and trying to get the veteran players in the NFL, does it kind of frustrate you in terms of like some of these dudes are talented and, and you can still build a team the quote-unquote old-fashioned way? Yeah, I think what's, what's been interesting to me is is the amount of kids that have come out of college and because of the pandemic have, you know, fallen through the cracks, I think for a lack of a better term. Primarily because, in particular in the offseason, in which there wasn't a lot of offseason workouts, the NFL relied more on known, known commodities. So there weren't, weren't as many, I would say, openings for young players. I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but this is a, a fascinating draft, and the depth of this draft is, 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 is there because there's so many kids. Remember, we've got a bunch of guys in here that took an extra year for, for COVID. So you've got this... It's basically three years worth of guys shoved into one draft, and that means that a lot of them are going to fall through the cracks. Well, with the Raiders having a pick on Friday, third round, that's good for them, yes. uh, having so much talent. And uh, before we get out of here, I want to focus here on the Raiders and actually the AFC West. A couple transactions have been made yeah. with a couple teams in the division. Uh, how did you see all those transactions, and, and who do you think's going to be the top dog? Well, I think it's hard to, to say that Kansas City's not the top dog, even though they they – lost a lot uh, in particular on offense with their wide receivers uh, with Tyreek leaving but this is I think the best division in football moving forward Um, when you've got four quarterbacks that you could see all going deep into the playoffs I think that that's (laughs) there's no division other division that I can really see that in Um, I think that the biggest question for me is like who's going to stand out as the second best team I think Denver's really talented, and if Russell plays like he, he used to, watch out. The Chargers, everybody in that division is like, hey, Herbert's an animal. Uh, the Raiders have been talented, and they were right there. They've been in the playoffs. So I think it's a fascinating division. Uh, last question. Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, that connection, how do you feel like it's going to do now should, that? should work really well. Devontae yeah. is really good. Derek has I don't think he's had a target like Devontae, and that's nothing against the other targets, but Devontae is just such an elite player. Um, it is, listen, giving that amount of money to a 30-year-old wide receiver, it's not unprecedented, but you know we'll, we'll see how it pays off long-term. But I'm, I'm certainly excited to see how they play. Awesome. Joe yeah. Klatt, he'll be on NFL Network all weekend long covering the draft. One of the best in the business. Uh, Joel, thank you for the yeah, time. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Ooh, pardon the interruption. For quality purposes, I did get a chance to ask Joel about Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, who presumably was supposed to be the number one pick for the Jaguars up until this week. <laughs> I think Aiden Hutchinson could have um, a J.J. JJ Watt-style career. Um, I think that he's that good athletically. I think that he can dominate in every area, in the run game, in the pass game. He's got multiple pass rushing moves. He doesn't rely just on, on one you know tool in his toolbox. And then you, can, you, you also say, like, how is he in the locker room? Unprecedented as far as his leadership goes, what he was able to do at Michigan. If I had the first pick, I would select Aiden Hutchinson. What about uh, cornerbacks in this year's yeah. class, especially ones that may go towards the middle and the back end of the first round? Yep. Talking Tyler Gordon, Andrew Booth. Yep. Your thoughts on those guys 
maybe as they fit with the AFC North, a lot of teams are needing some quarterbacks in that division. They, they are. Uh, I'm trying to just think right now about some of the AFC North. I will tell you that, you know, McDuffie might not fit in that. I mean, he might go a little bit higher, but you've got Booth, Gordon, Elam. Those are all really good players. I think Booth is interesting because he's been, he's such a good athlete going all the way back. He was a five-star recruit, as you know. Um, I'm interested to see how his squad issue is going to uh, affect him going into the offseason. And if you're a man team, that's where he's going to be best. Best. So, so much of corner is like fit, scheme fit. Whereas like McDuffie, I think, can play both. I think Booth needs to be in more of a man scheme because that's where he excels. Uh, Gordon, did you know Gordon was a competitive dancer as a kid? I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> I love this, right? So, he, and he was really good. He was really, really good. Um, played basketball, ran track, all that stuff. He was only a one-year starter, and it was in his fourth season. And and to me, that's always—I don't want to call it a red flag—but I'm always like, well, why? You know, why didn't you get on the field a little bit sooner? Um, I think Booth is probably a little bit better than Gordon. And then Elam is a guy that has the bloodlines. You know, his dad played. He was a, a freshman, all SEC as a freshman in 2019. Led Florida and PBUs and INTs for you know a bunch of years. So I, I just like him. He's got good length. He's 6'2", 200 pounds. He's got good speed, probably faster than he is quick. Um, but I do know that he was a really good worker off the field as well. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.